Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Chris. I'm here with Alex Navarro and Peter Marchiafava. And you're up against the hard cap. Hello and welcome to another edition of the hard cap, everybody. My name's Peter. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Alex. Gentlemen, how are we doing this evening? Uh, really, really bad. The Bulls just can't figure themselves out. Yeah, and it's it's frustrating. But I'll, I'll let I'll I'll let you know Chris chime in here and, and say hello. But I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Alex, you kind of brought me down there, bro. I know, I know. It's, it's a bad way to start the show. I'm sorry, but Dude. it's it's you know recording on Thursday night as usual. They're they're playing the Pelicans and they sucked it up again. So. It's just, it's just not fun. It's not you fun. You know what it reminds me of, Alex at all, man. and Peter, since you're both here, hey. is when, when the Bulls were really good, but and Rose got double teamed in the playoffs. But before that, they were dominating everybody. You and everybody like just when figured LeBron out. James just kind of swallowed Derrick yep. Rose up in the playoffs. Yeah. Yep. And that's all you got to do. And the thing is, this team actually has other options that are. Yeah. Fully capable. I mean, we had no other. We had we had Bogan starting at shooting guard. We like our team sucked. Like Noah. Wasn't isn't an offensive threat? Did you forget about Luol Deng and his ability to hit like one out of every eight three pointers? Come on now, yeah. dude. Come he was on, exhausted. Dude. He was exhausted by the time the playoffs came around. He was playing like fifty two really minutes was. a game. Like that was his average. <laughs> he really was. Kyle Korver. He was there. He was legit. Uh speaking oh, of old bulls. Oh mercy, and and I'm I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to to pile on to the negativity here, but I today the World Cup qualifiers happened. Let me rephrase the qualifiers? that. Qualifiers? I was going to say today the World Cup qualifiers happened, and Italy lost to North Macedonia, a country that I did not know existed until they beat Italy in the <laughs> World Cup qualifiers today, and. <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of this anymore. They did a great job in the um, in the Olympics, in the Summer Olympics that just happened. They did a great job there. They did a great job in the in the uh, in the championship series, but they just for the World Cup they cannot figure it out, and it's just it's frustrating to me. It really is because they've got a great team. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like certain countries just should be given a pass to play at every World Cup. You know what I'm saying? Like Brazil agreed should be given a pass. Italy should be given a pass. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys, you know, they they shouldn't have to prove themselves every single time. <laughs> it's like, come on guys, we've been around for a while. We're we've right. been doing it right. Just just let us go, all right? We're right. going to soccer way in. Let's do it like the NCAA tournament and just throw the good teams in there because they're, you know, going to get more ratings. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's a bummer, man. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Say lovey. Hang in there, buddy. It's a famous Italian phrase right there. By Lamos. Yeah. Famous Alex phrase. <laughs> the rhythm take you over. Gentlemen, on today's edition of the Hard Cap, we are going to be uh discussing, of course, Alex's previous trivia question of the week. Uh, we're gonna be going over our newbie QBs. That is the new quarterbacks that have been going because it's been a crazy free agency a lot of moves. and a lot of trades. So we're going to yeah, discuss all those as, moves. As soon as Rogers moved, I mean, the dominoes just came down. It was crazy. It, 100%. And there's still a few moves to be made, but as of right now, we're going to discuss the, uh, the 10 main moves that have happened with the quarterbacks. And we're going to rank them as far as how, how they pair with their new teams. In addition to that, we have, of course, Alex's new trivia question of the week. 
And well, it's Matt- it's story time. It's story time. Oh, that's right. We have Alex's yeah. story time of the week. And of course, Matt gets answers. But uh, before we carry on, Alex, let's uh, let's talk about last week's trivia question. Sure. Okay. Last week's trivia question. It was uh, Cat or Carl Anthony Towns, Christopher, uh, scored 60 points and 17 rebounds in the game against the Spurs. He joined five other players in the NBA to ever score 60 points and at least 15 rebounds in a game. Now, I'm not going to have you guys guess all the other five players, but we'll, we'll make it a little bit difficult with three here. So you guys can work as a team and uh, try to come up with the the other, well, you know, three players. Chris, say the one that's in your heart. Wilt Chamberlain. And that is one. That is one. I'm going to say David Robinson. David Robinson. And Chris, do what's... Think, do you think MJ, the, Peter? I don't know that he got That's 63-point game, 69-point game. Do you think he had... Because he was pretty active on the defensive end back then, too. This is this is your turn, Chris. Hmm. 60 points, Fortnite plus one rebounds. Fortnite. <laughs> hmm. One score and one rebound to go. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't know, Peter. Uh, chime in here, dude. Because uh, how about how about shoot? Did he ever get? I think he did get sixty. How about Sir Charles Barkley? Did Barkley, he get sixty-three I, once? I I think he may I have. I think he succeed. Maybe sixty is one of his high. Uh, Maybe one of his old. What about one of his old uh, teammates, Moses Malone? Did he ever get there? It's possible. It's possible. I just give me, give me your three. Give me your three, and then. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought yeah. we were just doing this. Okay, all right. So we got Will Chamberlain. I'm going to say David Robinson. I think that because he definitely had the big points. So I'm going to say he did that. What do you think, Chris? Gosh, this is tough, Alex. You what about what about have... uh what about uh this here, Carl Malone? Carl, Little Kareem? Uh, no, I don't think Carl did it. I really don't think he's he. He was consistent with his scoring, but he didn't. I don't think he put up sixty points. Um, hmm. How about power forwards? Let's think some power forwards. Let's brainstorm here. Sean Kemp never got there. No, no. I, Charles Barkley is a possibility. You, you think, think uh, <laughs> you think Dirk ever got there? Dirk's a possibility. Right? Dirk, Dirk is a maybe. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys 10 more seconds here. One. Let's just lock in Dirk, Wilt and David Robinson. I don't like Dirk. Okay. I, mean, I love Dirk. Like Dirk. I don't like him for this answer. Got five more seconds. Huge Dirk right now. Seven, oh. eight, nine. Charles Barkley. Put it out. Charles okay. Barkley. All right. Oh, he had 56. So Will, Chamberlain, it. Will Chamberlain, Charles Barkley, and David Robinson. So, Christopher, congrats. Will Chamberlain is one of them. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I knew I'd get it right someday. I don't know. I don't know the highs of all these guys, but it's, it's a combination, right? It's not just getting 60 points. It's getting that 15 rebounds. So, um, is it is it guaranteed? Is it for sure that Charles Barkley only scored fifty six points? Well, I mean, not only fifty six points is a lot of points, but that's his yeah. that's his career I, high. I it, now now I'll look it up real quick, but I don't think he got to. But yeah, he 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 didn't get the sixty points and fifteen rebounds, so he's not on the list, and uh, neither is uh, David Robinson, which is, is surprising because David Robinson uh, was a good scorer and a great rebounder. But um, Shaquille O'Neal, he's on the list. This here, Carl Malone, okay. Christopher. I mean, uh, Peter. You he was on the list. You should have gone with your gut. You should have gone with your gut. And actually, what? oh man, always Chris, listen to Jimmy Kimmel. Chris, you should have gone with your gut too. MJ is on the list. Freaking knew it. 
surprisingly, MJ is on the list. And another shocker, uh, James Harden rounds it out with the uh, the other five guys to get at least 60 points and 15 rebounds in the game. So Good yeah. old small game, James. Pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah, those are those are legit shockers to me. Like the the Jordan one, I I so so that was not the, was that the sixty three point game or I don't know which one it is was I, I didn't look into it, but he's he scored other sixty point games. I mean, obviously he did. He his did. the playoff one was sixty three. Uh, in the regular season it was sixty nine, but he had other sixty point games. So nice. I'm not sure which one it was. All right, fair enough. Well, Alex, that was a shockingly difficult trivia question. Thank you for that. That was uh Well, you guys had three out of the five. We just didn't talk. You did, didn't, didn't trust in yourselves. Yeah. We just didn't settle on those three out of the five. Plus, I got this deep like discontent for Carl Malone that I still hold on to. As as you yeah. should, as you should. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. Not a fan of that there, Carl Malone. Nope. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Alex. Do we have any corrections, penalties, anything from last week we want to discuss? I got one. So she, Let's hear it, Chris. It, it's it's kind of a correction, but not entirely. So I mentioned last week in our draft, our springtime draft, that I I was drafting with my last pick the spring snowstorm in Minnesota because it melts the next day. Ironically enough, the spring snowstorm just happened yesterday. Um, and it did melt by today, which was great. And it Good snowed timing. all all night into the morning and all day yesterday. Um, snowflakes the size of a snowball. <laughs> and it melted. So it was really cool. Now, that would be called hail. We <laughs> got hell. some of that too. Uh, <laughs> there was rain, sleet, and then snow. But the, the kicker here is it's too early. Because we usually get one in like April or May too. So... We're probably going to get another one. But see, technically, spring started on Sunday of this week. So it's technically spring, and we might get more than one The Spring Snowstorm. Do you tend to get multiple ones, or is it is it usually just one? I mean, there's usually one doozy. Like one where like we just get dumped on, but like the next day, it's pretty much gone. So like there was, there was a time we got like six inches, seven inches, which... For this time of year, that's a lot. You know, we've had days where we've gotten 16 inches in a single day, uh, but that's you know midwinter, and so it it sticks around. <laughs> but oh yeah, spring one, don't you know, ain't bad. But anyway, that's my correction on myself. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. You were correct, but you were you were only correct in the sense that it happens, but it happens more than once. That's the whole point, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It happens to the best of us, Chris. We can't all be perfect like Alex. It's just not possible. Unless you're at perfection, eight easy. <laughs> yeah, that's how the saying goes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right, guys. We're uh, anything else you want to bring up before we uh, before we take our break here? That's it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break right now. And when we come back, it's time to talk some quarterbacks. But we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Chris, thank you for that advertisement. It was wonderful, just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> nice little mute uh, there. But... I, I re-recorded. I think he, he doubled every muted. time. <laughs> I think he I did too. 
<laughs> I record it every time. I muted myself on the the application, then unmuted it while my, simultaneously muting my microphone in person. <laughs> oh, we're having fun here. All right, guys, with the uh, with this NFL offseason, it started with Aaron Rodgers and it's just exploded from there. There are so many different moves. QBs are going all over the place. And obviously, a bunch of other players have moved. Um, Devontae Adams, Von Miller, just to name a few that have uh, switched teams. Even Allen Robinson has gone over to the Rams. But we're not worrying about those players right now. Right now, we are worried about the quarterbacks. There have been 10 quarterback transactions that have, um, you know, a wide range of, uh, of, of importance to these teams. And I want to go ahead and rank them from 10 to one based on how their pairing works. All right. So how this new pairing works, obviously these teams aren't ready yet. We still have the draft to go through. So there's a lot more to talk about, but let's talk about it as of right now. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to start at number 10. We're going to go down to the, go down to number one and how it works is if my number 10 is Alex's number three, because he has bad opinions, then he's going to go ahead and say that his number three, he'll talk about his number three when I talk about the 10 and then so on and so forth as we go down the list. All right, everybody uh, clear on that? We all good? Clear. I have great opinions, Peter. Great. Yeah, your opinions <laughs> suck. <laughs> as as one of our friends used to say, your opinions are like hot garbage. Yes. Garbage. Hot garbage. A hot garbage. It's wicked hardcore hot garbage. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start with uh, number 10. Who is the number 10 pairing? Chris, I want to start with you here. Who's your number 10 pairing? So I've got, it was tough because there's, there's some crap on this list. There is some crap. Quality of quarterback, but I, the Dolphins uh, brought in Teddy Bridgewater, but they also still have Tua. So mm -hmm. to me, I mean, not really a splashy move. So not really the best situation for Bridgewater. I guess, I mean, if Tua has been in and out a little bit, if Bridgewater mm -hmm. comes in, he's consistent at least. Um, they've, you know, made some, some splashy moves in the last few days. You know, obviously they, uh, they traded for Tyreek, the freak hill. Yeah, um, they did. So, you know, who knows what they could do, but he's not really known to sling it. And, and I'm not sure what Tua is known to do yet. So I'm going to put Bridgewater at my number 10. Alex, what did you have, Teddy? You know, I have him a little bit higher. I have him at number seven and, and actually I like the move from Miami. And here's the reason why. I, I feel like they brought him in for that veteran presence. I don't really think that they're looking to put him on the field. I think that mm -hmm. they're looking for someone to to bring along Tua and, and progress him. Because he's, he's really, I mean, he he's going to be the future of that franchise. They put a lot of stock into him. He's the first uh, pick overall. So um, I, I think that's why he's brought in there. I think he's great for that. I think he's, he's a solid QB. He has great work ethic. And he's been consistent wherever he's gone. So that's why I like it. And uh, I put him at number seven. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Alex. I also have him at number seven. Um, like you said, he's signed, he was signed up to back up Tua, and he brings experience and very good accuracy. You're right, Chris. He cannot throw the deep ball, but when he comes in in those situations, all they need him to do is not throw an interception, and he is really good at that. Um, pardon me. Last year, he, uh, he had a 67% throwing percentage, 18 touchdowns with only seven interceptions. So, you know, not amazing, but then again, that's why he didn't get another starting job, even though there were teams that definitely could have used him. So, Chris, you've got him at number 10. We've got him at number seven. All right. Alex, who is your number 10? 
My number 10 is uh, Drew Locke, and uh, here's here's why I put him at number 10. He's hot garbage. I, I don't <laughs> understand. I don't understand why he's still in the league. I don't understand why he got so many chances in Denver, uh, continues to get chances in in, uh, in Seattle. Like he's He hasn't done anything in the league. He had one decent year. Well, not, it was a good year. It was a good year in college. But even then, his, his – uh, uh, passing percentage was fifty seven percent, so it wasn't great. You know, it wasn't great. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, I, he's a second round draft pick. He's done. Move on from him. Stop giving him chances. <laughs> well, I mean, he's only been in the league for like three years, right? He's still on that. Uh, no, I, I, I'm sure it's his fourth, maybe his fifth, maybe I don't know. But he's too long. It's too long, Peter. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's too long. <laughs> well, you're gonna hate me, Alex. I've got Drew Lock as the number five matchup oh, or the number God. five pairing here. Wow. Whether he stays the starter is definitely the biggest question here because Seattle has a lot more opportunity to get a better quarterback than him. And I'm not saying he's a great quarterback. I'm just saying that the guys underneath him are not as good and he's still technically a starter right now. But what's going to happen is that the offense that Seattle likes to run is, or yeah, that Seattle likes to run is very run based. And all you need the quarterback to do is not mess up. And while Drew Locke is a career 60% thrower, 25 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, definitely not great by any means. He also understands what it means to be a game manager. And I think that is what Seattle's looking for right now. That's they tried to turn Russell Wilson into a game manager. So I, I hear you, Alex. You don't What's know that? that he's a good game manager. Yeah. And he's really <laughs> no, no, no. not. Where's that? You're completely hundred percent wrong here. This dude <laughs> sucks in every way possible. He sucks. And he's bleh. He sucks. We'll find out how we will. he sucks. Listen, Peter, I will <laughs> double or nothing you on the, the dump of ice water in winter. Drew Locke is going to suck again. He's not even going to be in the top 20. Oh, no, I he sucks again. <laughs> dude won't even be in the top 25 quarterbacks this year. Well, that's the thing, Chris. I Honestly, I don't think that he's going to end up being the starter for Seattle. But no, I have five players that I do not think are even as good as him this coming year. So we'll, we'll get okay. there. We'll get okay. there. And that, right. so Chris, where do you have uh, Mr. Drew lock? I got him at number nine. And the only reason he's not number 10 is because as it stands right now, he's the starting quarterback for, for the Seahawks and Bridgewater's mm-hmm. the backup. That's the only reason. So Drew lock's not good. I mean, I, I was looking forward to seeing what he was going to do when he was in Denver, by the way, he's been in the league three seasons. So, and, and he hasn't been good. He hasn't even been a good no. game manager. So I he can't said, say... he had what he had was a good three game stretch. All right. Sure. I, I, I read up on the dude. He had a good three game stretch for a while. And other than that, he's you're right. He's middling. He's not great. But for what Seattle does, I think he can fit. He's, you know, I would call sucking. him floundering. All right. Fair enough. So we've got, we've got our, you got your number 10s out of the way. Now I'm going to go with my number 10. My number 10 is, um, is a Mr. Deshaun Watson with these new criminal charges coming in and still over 20 civil lawsuits. The fact that he got the richest deal in the NFL in such a large haul, as far as trade value in return is a perfect example of why this sport is my least favorite in the off season while still being one of the greatest in season products possible. The move and and the very unique and some might say crappy contract, just in you know moral grounds that he signed, 
are moving me to say it's a bad signing, regardless of the sports outcome, because it's it's it validates his actions. You know, on the field, of course, his actions should be validated, but off the field, that's a completely different story. And I know I'm I'm getting off the the sports thing here, and I, I apologize for that, but it, it really it's one of those things where I, I take it all into account, and that's why I've got him as the number ten. His talent should have made him the best signing, number one with a bullet, but his actions made him the worst. So yeah, let me I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, I did put in. At number one, because I'm I'm focusing on his on-field production. Now, we're in America, you know, kind of addressing your situation. We're in America, you know, you're you're innocent until proven guilty. So let's let's go through the litigation first. Um, I I believe there was some hearing where he can no longer be charged criminally, but he can still be charged under the uh, civil court. So essentially, uh, he can still lose no, quite a bit of money. To, today, they're they're, that was, they're that looking was into more criminal charges today criminal charges okay so but yeah we'll see what happens with that but if it does pan out and he does play uh which contract is disgusting because i think they they, they're paying him a a million dollars the first year um and they did that intentionally because if he does get suspended he only loses a million dollars of his guaranteed money so they they foresaw this you know just in case that nfl suspends him so it is disgusting but if he does play he's playing with amari cooper at wide receiver uh donovan people jones who had good production, good productive games last year, and uh, Joaquin Grant Senior, who I loved as a bear. I, I'm 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 actually upset that uh, he's no longer with us. I thought he was he was great. He's very dynamic, and then he has the best running back uh, group in the in the NFL with uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Dearness Johnson. So, and then obviously defensive side, uh, Miles Garrett leading up that that side of the ball. Oh, so right, Cleveland if is it stacked. All worked, if it's all worked out, I mean, it's it's a great move for them. They're mm-hmm. ready to win Super Bowl, and we'll see how it works out. But that that team is ready, and that would be a, a great fit for him. Yeah, you guys. I can't disagree with you points. on the sports, Alex. I really can't. But yeah. I, I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, you, you touched. You both touched on all the points, um, and I think they're the crucial points. Um, the thing is, you know, we know he's going to get suspended, and usually the way these things work is you the NFL suspends you after the cases, you know come to an end right so um we've seen like look at ezekiel elliott going through his suspension what was it after he played five or six games in a season then they suspended him for another six to eight games or whatever that's a possibility that could happen too um and that's even more gross because they're bringing this guy in and just they're gonna hand him the ball they're gonna let him start the season if if no suspension comes at the beginning of the season he's gonna play so yeah, from a financial standpoint, everybody made their moves. It from a football talent standpoint, it it's the right thing for that team, I guess. But from a moral standpoint, I don't understand how ownership and management of that team can live with themselves doing that deal. They've got a, a guy who in Baker Mayfield who no, he hasn't been, you know, lighting the world on fire, but seems like a pretty damn good guy. Um yeah. and and that's broken. So I'm and let's sorry. be clear here. It's it's not just Cleveland with with proverbial blood on their hands. There's there were teams that were vying for him. There, there were, were multiple teams that were vying for him. Yep. You've got the Falcons. You've got I think Dolphins. Carolina was involved with him. The Dolphins were involved. So once it's not just Cleveland. I'm I, you know I, it's just the whole situation that I find very unseemly. Yeah. So long story short, um, from a pure football standpoint and what he did for that team, the pairing with the quarterback to the team, I have Watson at number two on my list, mostly though, because he's full of crap. 
All right. Let's go ahead and move on to some funner things here. All right. Let's go with okay. our number nine. Alex, who do you have for number nine? I have, uh, and I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but Trod Taylor. Is that right? Tyrod sure. Taylor. Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor. Um, I have him at number nine. Um, I mean, he's not as bad as Drew Luck. <laughs> or Drew Luck. Uh, so that's why I didn't put him at number 10. Uh, Just because Andrew Luck retired doesn't mean you get to hate on him, Alex. All right. <laughs> Drew Locke. But uh but yeah, I mean he played well with the uh with the Bills at some point. So um, you know, he's a decent quarterback. Uh he's a lifetime backup uh in the NFL for sure. Uh and he he falls into not a great situation uh with the Giants. I mean, right. um, you know, with the press and and you know the rest of the team, it's it's not a great situation, but um yeah, that's that's kind of why I put him at nine. Because he's yeah. not really going to change anything over there. Yeah, I've got him at nine as well. He's the ultimate meh signing. You know, like yeah. it's he's there because they needed a body. He had a few good, uh, you know, a few good games here and there. He used to have legs, but he, now he's just going to be backing up Daniel Jones and, uh, you know, just be a replacement level QB if he needs to. Uh, Chris, where'd you have him? I've got Mr. Tyrod Taylor at number seven. Um, same, same thing. I mean, he's just he's had his moments where he's been fairly consistent, but he doesn't get you excited. And that's, that's, I mean, that team itself is just not, they don't have anything going for them. Yeah, they really don't. They've, yeah, the Giants are, he he went to the right team. It's a meh player for a meh team. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and jump down to number eight now. Uh, Chris, who did you have for number eight? Okay, my number eight is Case Keenum. The Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. Dude's been... I mean, he he had a a little bit of a run when he was in Minnesota with the Vikings, and it was pretty cool. And that was that mm-hmm. Minnesota miracle, that catch. That's um, right. So, because he came in for Sam Bradford, and Bradford like lit everything up that season until he got hurt. Keenum came in; it was just okay. Um, but he got the job done. But he got the job done with Diggs and uh, and Thielen, and and it, they they were feeling pretty good, you know, that season. But then Keenum left. Yeah, that was nice. (laughs) And Keenum really hasn't done anything since then. This is just a a guy to back up, you know, Josh Allen and and just be there as a as a potential, you know, break glass emergency situation who has played in the league, has played in the playoffs and knows how to play the position. But he's not again, he's not going to light the world on fire. Would you say he's a game manager, Chris? Yeah, I mean, Case Keenum really is a game manager, unlike Drew Locke. <laughs> All right, Alex, where did you have Case Keenum? No, I, I'm right there with Chris. I mean, I got him right between uh, Teddy Bridgewater and uh, and Tyrod Taylor. You know, they're all backups, uh, lifetime backup QBs. But I, I think I think that's a great fit, though, for him uh, with the Bills. I mean, Josh Allen is a great QB, and he can come in when he needs to. Um, to just kind of keep the team going. He's not going to do anything spectacular, but he's he's good enough that they can continue to win with him. Exactly. And one of the cool things is that he's actually being reunited with Stefan Diggs. So in the event that he does play, he's got a wide receiver that he's already got a relationship with. So that's that's probably got to be his best case scenario there. Because once again, he's another backup, backing up Josh Allen. And we know Josh Allen doesn't really get injured, knock on wood. But So we'll see what happens with Case Keenum this year. All right, now I think we all have our number sevens down. Alex, you and I had Teddy Bridgewater at seven. Chris, who did you have at seven? I had Tyrod. You had Tyrod. Okay, perfect. So let's go ahead and jump down to six. 
I'll go ahead and get started with. Actually, no, Chris, you haven't started yet. Who do you have for number six? Yeah, so I have I have uh, Marcus Mariota at number six. Okay, he doesn't excite me at all. Quite honestly, he's right in the middle of the pack here, only because of I guess the team he's going to. But like I don't know, that team's not very good anymore, and he doesn't really have many weapons. Um, it's just not it's not a super good situation. And Mariota is not somebody that that I think is actually going to be capable of of keeping a job in this league long term. I think we might see him for one half to one season more before he just fades away. Yeah, no, you're not wrong, man. I actually, I've got Mariota as my number four, um, but it's kind of the same idea. You know, he's with the Falcons, reunited with Arthur Smith, who was his offensive coordinator when he was benched back in uh, in, in Tennessee. Um, so that can't be a great thing. Um, but he's a cheap contract and he'll do just enough just to make sure that, you know, Kyle Pitts gets his, uh, gets his catches. Um, and especially with wide receiver Calvin Ridley being uh, gone for the season due to his uh, his gambling situation, um, I just don't see much for Atlanta. So I think they're just kind of, you know, they're just kind of punting this year. And maybe they'll they'll draft a quarterback. And like you said, Chris, maybe after half a season he'll be he'll be done as a starter. Um, Alex, where did you have Marcus? Yeah, I don't have him uh, much higher, much uh, lower, uh, but I have him at number five. Um, and and he yeah. You guys pretty much touching all the good points there. Uh, he's going into a very low pressure situation. I mean, Atlanta's not expected to do much for this upcoming season. Uh, they're, they're not looking to win. They're just looking to rebuild. And, you know, like Peter was saying, he just needs to throw the ball at Kyle Pitts. That's all he needs to do. That's his job. <laughs> so Exactly, yeah, I got him, right? I got and then him, and I got Cordell Patterson every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I do hope he does well. I do like him. You know, from what I hear, he's a good person. Um, he, he does have a decent amount of talent. So I, I do hope that he's he has rebounded and he does play better. Um, I don't think that's the case, but I, I hope that that does happen. Yeah, it feels like Atlanta is not going to be the place where he sprouts either. Like it's it's going to no. be tough for him to do really good there. Yeah, but you got another starting spot. So good for him. True. Yeah, no, let's just keep going. All right. So I, I didn't want to put him uh, this low, but. Um, I kind of like these other players a little bit better than him just because he's he's done it and we've seen what he has on the field. But I put Carson Wentz at number six um, with Washington. I mean, he's he's only 29. Um, he played you no, know, he played well last year. I'm not he didn't play poorly. He played well. Uh, so he gets another decent. shot with a good He played team. decently. He played decent. But, you know, the thing he, he's he's going back to his division with his former team. And I think that's going to spark him up. He gets to play the Eagles twice now and try to beat them twice. Um, you know, he gets to play with a good receiver in Washington. Um, you know, I, I just think that if, if anything is going to wake him up, uh, this might wake him up. And I think maybe this is what he wanted to do all along. You know, he wanted to go back and 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 put it in the Eagles' mouth for, uh, for giving <laughs> up on him, essentially. So, uh, but yeah, I put him at six uh, and, you know, uh, he probably should be higher, but I, I kept him a little bit lower just because we've seen so much of him already, and it, it, it doesn't seem like he's ever going to get to that MVP level that he was a few years ago. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you. I also have him at number six, um, and honestly, I think that this may be his last chance as a starter. He's been what I would consider productively rocky with Indy. He was productive, but the entire season was rocky, and it was mainly because of him. He was doing those dumb plays, those things that Chris hates him passionately for were those reasons why Indianapolis didn't do what they did. When I hear the word Chris or the words Chris hates him passionately, we're talking about Carson Wentz, clearly. Um, it, 
I think that you've described it mostly 100% for sure accurate. The dude sucks. He sucks. He sucks and he sucks and then he sucks wherever he goes. But he's productive at the same time. And that's what's dangerous. Productively sucky. Productively rocky. But yeah, we're on the same level here. Exactly. False hope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah false right. hope i think that's that's the best way to describe right there false hope you're 100 percent right and that is exactly what washington got they got false hope yeah riverboat ron is gonna have a hell but, of a time trying to keep him in the in check i yep. I, I will add that division did really poorly last year yeah so a, a, a mid-level qb could win you that division <laughs> yes but carson wentz can lose you that division at the same that's time true. that is true i won't deny that that's why he's number six for me that's why he's number six and same here chris where did you have him ranked i actually had him at number five <laughs> okay <laughs> only because of the others you know i just I, he, he ended up and at five um i just i don't know i wanted to put him lower but given the backup scenarios and Mariota and Tyrod. I just couldn't, I couldn't put him any lower. So that's the lowest I could possibly rationally put him. Because like you said, he's still productive. Like he's still going to do good things. It's just, it's going to end poorly. You just, he's just not going to support. He's not going to support the running backs that I want him to support. Exactly. All right, moving on. So at number five, I had drew Locke. Alex, who did you have at number five? I had Marcus Mariota at number five. Okay. And Chris, I had Carson Wentz. Carson. Oh, that's right. Carson Wentz. We just discussed that. Okay. All right. So let's jump down to number four then. Alex, who did you have for your number four wide receiver? At number pairing? four, my good buddy, Mitch Trubisky, is at number oh. four. And, and you know, I, I want to root for him. I'm going to be rooting for him. I hope he does well. He fell into a, a great organization with the Steelers. It, you know, had, like Chris mentioned in, in a previous episode, He's been learning with Brian DeBall, Josh Allen uh, last year, and hopefully he's he's learned something and he's able to bring um, those tools to the table. And, you know, and let's not forget, you know, um, what year was it? In 2018, he played well enough that in 2019, people thought he was going to be an MVP candidate. So he has some skills. Um, I think Mike Tomlin will know how to use him and scheme around mm-hmm. him and and um, un- unlike some coaches that want to fit you in their scheme, he'll, he'll scheme for him. So um, <clears> that's why. It's not like you have a nagging cough. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, Mr. Bisky is my number it's four. I'll be rooting for him. He'll, he'll be win- on a winning team. Exactly. And I think that is what, and that's one thing that Mitch Trubisky is used to. He has been on winning teams the beginning of his career. Like he's the guy has a 29 and 21 record as a starting quarterback. I think we forget that sometimes. Um, Obviously that was mainly due to the amazing defense the bears had at the time, but he was still a part of it. And that's, I think that's going to be the same situation in Pittsburgh. I think you're going to have a a defense that still needs to do some things to, to prove itself to be a little better, but the offense is going to be run by Mitch. And uh, I have him as my number three pairing. Um, He's going to get a second chance to start on a team. He's got Mike Tomlin head coaching him. um, The man Canada as his offensive coordinator. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to seeing what he does. I I hope that they can shrink the field for him, make sure that he gets the passes that he knows he can make because he's got the tools, you know, he just needs to put it together. Chris, where did you have Mitch? Yeah, I got Mitch at three as well. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I like the move. For Mitch, and I do think that there's a chance. There is a, a chance that Tomlin can unlock something in this guy. 
because it's there's there's something there. So mm-hmm. we just got to get a, a consistent coach around him, um, and I think that's what he needs. You know, a coach that cares and is smart and understands football in real life, not pretend football, not whatever he's got going on in his notebook <laughs> and his or plastered on his walls in his basement. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Did you see those pictures of Nagy's house? His house was until? gorgeous. Let me tell you that. Like, oh, I, of course, as a Bears Alex fan, would say I, that. I want to buy his house. Like that was that yeah. was a beautifully. That's made what the article house. said. Every Bears fan's dream with Nagy's yeah. house and that thing. My goodness, that house. Yeah. That thing was decked out in blue and orange like nothing else. Yeah, he was. Hey, dude was committed to, yeah. to the Bears. Yes, he was. Until he got uncommitted. All right, so I had Mitch for my number three. Chris, who do you have for your number three? Number three was Mitch. Mitch. All right, we Alex, agreed. Who's your so um. I like this uh, uh, this move a little bit better than Mitch, uh, so that's why I put him at uh, three. But uh, Matt Ryan uh, with Indy, I actually had debated putting him at number one. He's he's a good he's a very good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. He's only thirty six years old. Um, and he's going on a great team with uh, you know with a good running back and Jonathan Taylor and good receiver and, and, and Michael Pitt Jr. But I but I just I just don't see them doing much with him that and that's why i put him in number three but i think to be a competitive team but i don't think they're going to be um a super bowl contending team what about you chris where do you have him i'm sorry alex he's only 36 well listen we just saw tom brady almost win an tom MVP brady before tom brady is not human okay aaron Rodgers just won an, an mvp at don't what, 30, 37 no, he ain't 37. Get out of here. He's he's old. He's, he's old. not 37. Peter, Peter, look it up. But here's 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 also my, my, my point Google? on that. Here's my point on that. Atlanta has not been good. Atlanta no. has, I mean, they have not had good pieces around him. I think he's going on a better team now, and he can actually show that he has a lot left in the tank. But I just don't think he's he, you know, I just don't think he's ever gonna go to that MVP 2016 type level yeah. that he can bring his team to the Super Bowl. Look, I I don't wholeheartedly disagree with you. I think the running game there is a lot more consistent. It's going to be a better situation for him. He he's a more consistent quarterback. He's an upgrade, obviously, for that team. I've got Matt Ryan at number four, so it's not I'm not that far off from you. I do like the move for them, um, but thirty six only thirty six. I mean, I'm just teasing you here because like in today's game now he's going to retire game. in like a season or two. What? How old was was Philip Rivers when he went there? Thirty six? No, it was thirty eight, thirty nine, maybe forty. So Aaron Rodgers was thirty eight. Ryan Fitzpatrick is thirty nine. Ben Roethlisberger was thirty nine when he retired, and of course Tom Brady's forty four. Okay, all right, I'll give it to you, Alex. Only thirty six. Honestly, Listen, when it, when you're talking like about the... Matt Ryan, I, Alex, I'm I'm kind of with you here. I've got him yeah. as my number two, and it's because he's joining a team that's ready to win, and all they need is somebody who can sling the ball. And Matt Ryan can still throw the ball. Yeah, he can still do what he needs to do on that front, and he's got a lot of experience. He's been to a Super Bowl, didn't end great, but he's been to a Super Bowl <laughs> and actually put up numbers in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be a huge locker room upgrade over Carson Wentz. And that oh, is yeah. the biggest thing. As far as the pairing is concerned, I think that they're going to be very happy. As long as Matt Ryan stays healthy, they're going to do just fine. Want, want to hear something funny? No. They spent a number one no, on Carson Wentz and a number three on Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> oh, that's just sad. It's terrifying. 
so terrifying. So what well, right, if you're so that I... if you're that GM right now, mm-hmm. are you just like, hey, so I know that I made that huge mistake. If we could just go ahead and pretend that didn't happen, <laughs> we'd be are we cool? Are we are we cool now? Like are we I mean I mean was Philip Rivers not a mistake too? Dave Philip Rivers, oh, I feel like it was a mistake as well. It's just like what is this? Is this the retirement home for you know, like yes. the Colts, just you go yeah. there to just chill for a year before you say peace. They, they love the way Andrew Luck retired in his early 20s or his late 20s. Yeah. And right. they're like, you know what? Let's just bring guys in so they can retire after each season. Yeah. And we'll be Cursed. Good. Cursed. Oh, man. I'm surprised Jacoby Brissett didn't go back. Oh, yeah, yeah. All <laughs> anyway. right, guys. There is one player left that we haven't discussed yet. And that is Alex's favorite football player of all time, of course, Mr. Russell. Wilson. Russell Wilson is my number one pick. The man has never missed a game until last year. Do you guys know that? Oh, really? I was never unaware of that game. fact. Never yeah. missed a game until last year. He also, just like Matt Ryan, he also joins a team ready to contend for the Super Bowl. He's got a ton of offensive weapons that Alex will no doubt talk about, and he is ready to unleash hell after being hampered by that Seahawks offense these last few years. That's why he's my number one pick. Chris, what do you have? As Russ said in his off-season videos a couple years ago, let me cook. Once you do, I'm going to be unlimited. I think he does still have unlimited potential. Uh, and you get him with these, these receivers like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, we could see some fun going on over there. They've got a, a good running back situation. I... I kind of like it, but, but I really don't, I haven't obviously at number one, um, I still have yet to see if he can hold down the fort in the second half of the season, uh, in the last three, four years. So I hope he does fingers crossed because I think this could be a huge game changing move for the Broncos. Yeah. And you know, I think, I think Chris had mentioned this before too. Um, the team he was on before liked to run the ball. And Peter mentioned it earlier as well with Seattle. They like to run the ball. Um, and he's fine with the team that's going to sling with him. He has some great receivers that Chris mentioned. Uh, you know, Javante Williams, is it's going to be a great running back as well. I mean, I, I drafted my fantasy football team because I thought he was going to be great. Um, had, you know, with splitting time. But uh, I think uh, this year he'll grab the reins and play really well. So they have a good running, back, uh, running, running game with him. But, yeah, I think they can be a very solid team. And uh, that's why I have him at number two. Um, he's definitely going to rebound from last year. He'll be a top 10 quarterback. I'll make another bet. I'll double down. I'll double down, Chris. <laughs> Hold on. Are again. we talking two weeks of fishing in a bunch? I haven't oh, God. Can we just do something yet. else? Can we just do something else, though? Like, I'll make another <laughs> bet, but let's just do something else. Like, that was, oh, that was traumatic. That that's was traumatic. exactly why it should happen again. <laughs> no, please. Not two weeks of it, though. Not two Alex. weeks. Alex, I actually agree with you. I think that that Russell Wilson will be a top 10 QB this year. I think it's it's almost, you know, yeah. I don't want to put this on him, but I think it's almost a lock that he Yeah. Will. I'll put I'll put an asterisk there barring injury. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as he stays healthy, I don't know how he's not a top 10 quarterback. As long as he stays healthy, it doesn't make sense if he's out of the top 10. Exactly. What what do we need? What do we need to make the bet here? Top five? I'll put him no in one's five. no one's disagreeing with you. That's the you can't make top a five. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I think that's that's in the wheelhouse for him. I honestly think that's sure. in the wheelhouse for him with this team, with what their intentions are. I think oh, that yeah. he's 
he's going to be, and, and this will be his first year of being like, like you said, truly unleashed, Chris. Like, I think that the sky's the limit for this man. He's got all the talent in the world. That division is crazy, though. That's going to be a tough division. They got, they got, every team has a good quarterback there. All right, guys. And that will do it for our QB talk. Now, there is one final thing I want to mention here. As far as the QBs who are still yet to be moved, do you guys think that there's any, any, any good, good QBs left? free agents, you know, obviously we know of a couple trade chips, but anybody that's there that can still make an impact on a team. I wouldn't say he's going to make an impact and I, I wouldn't even consider him a good QB, but I think Baker make Baker Mayfield will get traded uh, at some point this off season. I think, yeah, Baker and Jimmy Garoppolo are the two chips that we have to see where they fall, but mm-hmm. there's not many chips left to fall. So they're really the last two here at quarterback that I can think of that would be on the move. Potentially Um, there's motivation in, in San Francisco to move him um, and get their high draft pick out on the field. And then there's obviously more than enough motivation in Cleveland, given what's gone on in the last little bit. So uh, they've already replaced the backup quarterback position there as well. So um, there is, there is no reason to keep Baker. And so I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to look for in trade. Um, but I don't know that they'd be able to to really truly get more than second or third rounder. Right. Oh, they'd be lucky. There are second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and there are two free agents that do you believe they could have a, what they call a dead fish bounce, Andy Dalton and Cam Newton. Do you think there's any gas left in the tank for those two guys? No, no, I think, I think Cam Newton has showed that he just uh, um, isn't a good quality quarterback anymore uh, in this, yeah. in this league. And Andy Dalton, I mean, he could win it. If someone gets injured, um, he could still get a job somewhere, either as a backup or as a starter. But I think it's going to have to be due to injury. He'll be one of those signed off the street guys midseason. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. All right. That does it for our NFL talk this week. If you guys have any comments or anything else you want to let us know how wrong we are, please feel free to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the hard cap cast. Once again, that's Twitter and Instagram at the hard cap cast. We're actually starting to use it now. Check it out. When we come back, it'll be time for Alex's trivia, Alex's trivia story of the week. And of course, Matt gets answers. So stick around. And we are back. And guess what, kids? It's story time with Alex Navarro. Alex, do you have a story for us today? Sit around and let me tell you a story. Okay, so this this actually came from a question that we that I did on uh, the 16th episode. And the question was, what NBA team drafted Julius Irving? And uh, what were, do you guys remember what your guesses were? Well, Chris guessed uh, the Chicago Bulls. Uh. And okay. Peter guessed the Boston Celtics. Both are wrong. <laughs> but while looking into this, Very wrong. I just how did I guess yeah. the Celtics? <laughs> I don't know. But uh I just thought it was a great story. Like once I started looking to the answer, I thought his his story was impeccable and I just wanted to share it with you guys. So uh let's let's build up to where the answer is. All right. So I'm gonna start in 1971 when Dr. J was just a junior. Uh, from college and he had played two seasons with UMass averaging 26 points and 20 rebounds now only six other players have ever averaged 20 points and 20 rebounds in an NCAA uh, season can you guys name who those are was Kareem one of them Wilt Chamberlain Wilt Chamberlain Wilt 
Yeah, I have no clue what the answer is. I literally, I Googled it. I could not find it. And then I started like one by one researching it. Like I checked Will Chamberlain. He wasn't one of them. Uh, you know, Oscar Robertson. He wasn't one of them. Uh, you know, uh, who else did I check? Uh, Bob Pettit, Jerry Lucas, a slew of a slew of players. Could not find any. Bill Russell was one of them, <laughs> but I can't find anyone else. So if anyone out there knows who uh, the six players are who scored 20 points and 20 rebounds in the college, please let us know. Or please let me know because I'm actually interested in uh, hearing that. But so he had a phenomenal, obviously a phenomenal historic uh, two years with UMass. Uh, now, He's not doing well, right? And the NBA and NBA have the stump rule where you can't go into their leagues unless you're four years removed from high school. But the ABA does have something called the hardship rule. It allows younger players to join the league if they meet this hardship requirement. Dr. J meets it. So he's like, all right, I'm going to jump to the ABA and start getting paid. Uh, and he took advantage of the hardship clause. He signs a four-year, $500,000 contract with the Virginia Squires that were paid over. How many years do you think that would be paid over, Peter? Do you think? You know, I'm going to say years, 10 years, Alex? Five? <laughs> you, no, you ten. Think, seven. That, seven. That's your assumption. It's the ABA. They're, they're a very young league. They probably didn't <laughs> have the money. Yes. I'm going to go seven. You're going to go seven. All right. Well, I would have assumed uh, it would be four years, like a regular contract, but it was extended over seven years. Uh, so you basically got this terrible oh, I'm sorry. Contract. Did I get that right? You did not. Ding, ding, but... ding, ding. I think I did. I just said seven years. Then you said seven years. You're a jerk. I got it right. Counts let's, let's, trivia trivia question counts it counts uh, it counts but yeah I mean he's basically getting paid seventy thousand a year so anyway let's go into his rookie year plays extremely well averages twenty seven point three points per game led the ABA in offensive rebounds with five point seven made the All NBA rookie first team and All NBA second team and came up second in rookie of the year to Artis Gilmore all right so now back to that horrible contract right he had a great year and he was like I should be getting paid more than seventy thousand a year he learns that his agent Steve Arnold was employed by the Virginia Squires, and that's why he convinced him to sign that bad contract. That sounds like an issue. Right? I mean, I would think that's an issue. Super so shady. Dr. J goes back to the Virginia Squires and demands uh, rene renegotiation of his contract. And they're like, you know, hey, we're barely making it by. We can't do it. You know, it was, it was all behind closed doors. So it didn't go well. He was unhappy. So he said, screw this. I'm not going to honor this crap contract. So it's 1972 now. Now he's four years removed. From high school so he can go and he's eligible to play in the in the nba so he decides mm -hmm. to go off and sign a one million dollar two hundred fifty thousand dollar signing bonus with the atlanta hawks and who's on the atlanta hawks at this time no, no, none other than pete maravich i know my mind almost exploded right there when i saw that possible combo i mean the fact that we were deprived of this just upsets me to this day but pete what's what's one one thing they could have conjured together on the court playing playing together Oh, just the way that Pistol Pete could have passed and the way that Dr. J dunked, like the L-Upes that they would have come up with would have been magical. Probably stuff that you're still not seeing today. You're, you're absolutely right. We missed out on an absolute treasure by those yeah. two not playing together. He floated. Like, people talk about Jordan flying, but Dr. Mm -hmm. J looked like he was floating, like he was hovering. Amazing watching him play. Pistol Pete was the exact same way with his handle and the way he could shoot the long-distance shot. They would have been so good together. I'm very upset that you told me this, Alex. I know. I'm still, I'm still very upset. But, you know, it, it kind of gets better, right? So no social media at this time. The NBA wasn't what it is today. I think, like, of sports ahead of the NBA, golf was ahead of them. Tennis 
was at them. They're they're low on the totem pole. So not only you know obviously no social media, but the newspapers didn't care about the steal. No one uh, no one wrote about it, and no one really knew about it. But they did know that he was in the contract dispute with the Virginia Squires. So the Milwaukee Bucks and the NBA was like, all right, well, you know, let's give this guy a chance. If he wants to come play with us, maybe. So we'll draft him. So they drafted him with their 12th overall pick in the 1972 NBA draft. Now, in 1972, the Bucks had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and still very productive Oscar Robertson. And not only that, they had just won a championship in 1971. So, Chris, what, what team do you think would have been better for him, the Hawks with Pete Maravich or him playing with, you know, an older Oscar Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Take your pick, man. I mean, I guess, right? I guess Pistol Pete, but my goodness, you would have had a situation where it would have almost been unbeatable against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But he would have had a lot more fun with Pistol Pete. Oscar Robertson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, two of the most ornery people that ever played basketball so that that would have been a little rough for dr j yeah no absolutely and yeah i feel i feel like the, the hawks would have been kind of in that that kings don nelson golden state teams you know type of like fun fast-paced basketball but so now the the box the bucks excuse me uh the hawks and the virginia squires are all fighting for dr j to get him to play on their team the nba decides that the bucks own the rights for dr j uh, in their league, but the courts eventually ruled that Dr. J had to honor his original contract with the Virginia Squires, and he begrudgingly went back. So, uh, if anyone can tell me how that's possible in the court of law, <laughs> like I mean, there's there's no professional integrity. There's got to be some ethical thing going on there that he sh- should not have been forced to uh, follow through with this contract. So, if anyone can explain how. The courts decided in favor of the Virginia Squires. Please let me know. Or do you, either of you guys have any clue whatsoever? Alex, I, don't I am just a, a simple suburban lawyer. Oh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Come on. No, no, there, there's no explaining. Obviously, he was under contract. That's the only thing they, they latched onto. But contracts get broken all the time. So, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. With As, yeah. as they said on, on South Park with the Johnny Cochran Chewbacca defense. It does not make sense. It doesn't. But he was lucky enough to play three preseason games uh, with the Hawks. So if you go on the internet and you check Dr. J and Hawks, you see a couple of uh, cool pictures with him. So anyway, it's the start of the 1972-73 season. Dr. J doesn't want to play for his team. But unlike players like James Harden and Anthony Davis, he goes and he balls out. He has his career best average of 31 points i'm sorry 31.9 points and 12.2 rebounds per game as i mentioned before the the squires were broke all right and dr j could not save this franchise the virginia squires folded in 1993 after the season uh and they actually set up a deal with the nets to uh sell the rights for dr j uh, in 93 i'm sorry 73 73 correct uh 750,000 okay so 750,000 they sell his rights and Dr. J is happy about that. He gets to sign a new contract. He signs an eight-year, $2.8 million contract uh, with the Nets. And he would go so that on feels a little better. Still not great. A little though, better. Right? He would go on and dominate the league. Three MVPs, two championships, and two scoring titles within three years. So he's, he's just dominating the ABA at this point. I mean, he is the face of the ABA. Until 1976, when the ABA merges with the NBA. That brings the Nets, Nuggets, Indiana Pacers, and San Antonio Spurs to join the NBA. As shown in the documentary Semi-Pro, if I'm not mistaken, right? Starring Will Possibly. Ferrell. Yeah. Possibly. It's very accurate. Very accurate depiction of what was going on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> so the Nets now have uh, Julius Irving and actually traded for Nate Tiny Archibald. So a lot of people don't don't think about this one either. The Nets got beat up by the New York Knicks, bullying them and forcing them to pay $4.8 million for invading their NBA territory. Baloney. Baloney, man. Baloney. So, yeah. So the Knicks are saying, hey, you're coming into our territory. You got to pay us money. And the NBA allowed it. And the Nets already had paid a whole bunch of fees to join the NBA. And Dr. J is now refusing to play. All right. He decides to hold out training camp. So it's putting the Nets in a bit of a bind. So with little choice, the Nets start shopping him around. They first go to the Knicks and they say, hey, you know, instead of us paying that $4.8 million, will you take Dr. J in place of that? And what do the Knicks say? What do you think the Knicks would say to such a trade Yes. You yeah, know, you would think so. Right? I would want him to say yes, but history tells us they did not. History tells us they did not. Nick say, no, give us our money, please, and move out of our way. And teams like the Milwaukee Bucks, Los Angeles Lakers, and Philadelphia 76ers all lobbied to obtain him. The Sixers jump in and decided to make him an offer. And the Nets took it. In 1973, the Nets obtained his rights for $750,000. And then three years later, they sold the rights to services to the Philadelphia 76ers for how much money? I'm going to go with $3.8 million, Alex. $3.8 million. It was for $6 million. Wow. <laughs> Talk about a return on investment. investment. Exactly. $6 million. It was crazy. So, um, yeah, obviously the Philadelphia 76ers really wanted him, uh, even though the Nick, I mean, he's born in, yes, in New should. York. Yeah, as you should, but he was born in New York. <laughs> you think the New York Knicks would be like in a heartbeat, say yes. <laughs> I, I would him. really love to know what the Knicks were thinking at the time. Like uh, that, that just does not seem that's a because who, who did they have? Dave DeBusher? Like, is that they was still that had, small they still had the Walt Frazier, Peter? They still have Walt Frazier, he was 32, Earl of Monroe, again 32, but they had a mm -hmm. young Bob McAdoo at Power Ford. Oh, mercy, that team. He had so many chances to play with great teams. I swear and to like Dr. J is kind of like you're, you're talking about him like he's Forrest Gump right now. He's just like he's dipping his toe into all these situations. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, they had a phenomenal team. And for some reason, they said no. But yeah, so the Sixers uh, obviously loved him. He joins the Sixers and he he quickly becomes the leader of, of this new ball club. Leads him to an exciting uh, 50 win season. Um, and he's also playing with great players like uh, uh, George McGinnis, Lloyd Free, who changes his name to World Be Free later on, and Doug Collins. But because he's playing with these great players, he's playing a, a small role. Um, it, and I got to recap his his career in the NBA because it's 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 actually a really good record. But his first season, he defeats the Boston Celtics and Houston Rockets on the way to the NBA Finals. He's actually leading 2-0, but then loses to the Portland Trailblazers led by Bill Walton. So he loses that, that, uh, that finals. And next year, he goes to the Conference Finals. Uh, now, 1979 and 80, they would make it back to the NBA Finals. And this would be the first time of four times that they met the Boston Celtics in the Conference Finals. I think a lot of people, they always mention just Magic and Burt. You know, this was as equally as good of a rivalry. I mean, meeting four times in the Conference Finals, uh, playing each other. And, man, oh, you're was, absolutely right. But yeah. those were some intense series. And it was it was juggernaut going up against juggernaut. They were so stacked. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so they go to the finals that year and they play the uh, the Lakers. 
uh, which we're actually now witnessing in winning time. Hate to be the spoiler alert, but <laughs> they make it to the uh, finals with the Lakers and the rookie Magic Johnson uh, defeats this team in six with a porous cream of Georgia Bar. Playing center at the six. time. Exactly, exactly. And in the following season, Dr. J won the MVP, but lost to the Boston Celtics in seven Eastern Conference Finals. Now, in 1982-83, that's when things kind of turned around. They acquired Moses Malone, and they just crushed the league, and they actually swept the Lakers in the NBA Finals. It's kind of crazy. After they they crushed the league, they, they go into the playoffs of the second seed, and they lose in the first round to the New Jersey Nets. I don't know how that happens. Uh, but, oh, yeah, they man. get Austin in the first round. And then uh, the following season, they draft Charles Barkley and, again, made it to the conference finals but lost to the Boston Celtics in five. And that is one thing that you, that, that I always forget about is that Dr. J and Charles Barkley played on the same team. Yeah, together. yeah there's actually alone. a cool – there's a special where Charles Barkley interviews Dr. J. Have you guys seen that? No, and they talk about that. when they were teammates. It's kind of cool. But yeah, unfortunately, that would be the closest they would get to make it to the NBA Finals again. Uh, in the 85-86 season, they would lose the second round to the Bucks in seven. Uh, and in Dr. J's final season in 1986-87, they traded Moses Malone away and would lose in the first round to the Bucks in a five-game series. Uh, but they brought it to five. So they, they fought their heart out. Chris, where do you put Dr. J in, in your top 10 or in your in your list? That's tough. I mean, Mount Rushmore of basketball players is growing and growing and growing. To me, he's one of those stratospherical players that, I don't know, he holds a special place, but I can't say. I, I think so. Yes, I think so. Because if you, to me, if you were to think about what would he have done in the NBA all those years that he spent playing in the ABA, what would he have done if he was on those teams with those players you mentioned before? There's so much unknown with Dr. J. There's so much more he could have done. He could have won more championships. There's just so much unknown. But what we do know about him and what he did win, it's pretty darn good. And and like I said, the dude floats. The afro helped. Like it made him just look so Heck cool. Yeah. Flying Very much so. the air. It was it was great. I'm looking Peter, back yeah. on my top 20 list and I don't have him in my top 20. And I feel like yeah. I'm very wrong with that. Yeah. And, and kind of looking at, at what could have happened, you know, mm-hmm. if he had ended up with one of these other teams, how much better would he have looked, you know, in other people's eyes? Or if um, he would have had like a full career in the NBA instead of playing yeah, his first full six career. or seven seasons in the ABA. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was playing in a very tough era, you know, with obviously Magic Johnson, oh, extremely. Larry Bird. It was not an easy era, but he, he definitely um, made it a dent uh, on that. And like I was saying, I mean, his legacy really should be a, a lot better in the 80s. He, he should be mentioned more uh, like, you know, Bird and, uh, you know, the Bird and Magic bribery. I mean, I guess, it, I mean, Four four times in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I mean, this rivalry was so big in the '80s that EA uh, Sports actually made a, a video game with uh, with them one on one, Dr. J versus Larry Bird. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was just one of those great rivalries that just isn't talked about enough. But but yeah, that was a, a long answer to the question who drafted Dr. J, and it was the Milwaukee Bucks. 1972 12th overall pick alex that was a great story we look forward i i want you to do another one of these like can you can you find another story for us sometime and uh and regale yeah, us you again? know i i can definitely find another one i actually saved this one because it was such a great story and it's our 32nd episode and he wore number 32 with cool. the new jersey net so i thought it was perfect you know, a, a, a great reason to do it and wait for uh this season good joke there all right so here is my trivia for 
this week and the fans. You guys ready? I'm ready. Sure. Okay. So it kind of applies to the story. In, in the story, you mentioned that the 76ers went 12-1 uh, and one in route to the NBA Finals and winning it in 1983. Reminiscence of the, the 2005 Chicago White Sox. Just saying. There you go. go on, Alex. There you go. Uh, one of the best runs in NBA history, not Major League Baseball history, so, so NBA history. All right. Uh, not only two other teams have ever won the title while only losing one game or less in the NBA playoffs. Name the teams and the year. All right, guys. And if you have a answer to that question, please feel free to reach out on Twitter because Alex will definitely be putting it up there. So that way you can answer it. So let us know your thoughts and your opinions at the hard cap cast. That's once again on Twitter and Instagram at the hard cap cast. All right. And it is time again to get into those deep, deep thoughts, everybody. It is time for Matt Gets Answers. Chris, take it away. Well, when we give answers to Matt, it's great. So when Matt has questions, we've got answers. Whatever Matt wants, Matt gets answers. All right. Shall we get started? Let's Let's do do it. it. Sounds like question number one. While there have been many great classic sports books, what do you think is the next great sports book that needs to be written? Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go first here. I think that the next great sports book that will be written is the LeBron James story. I think that that man has gone through a lot in his career. And I think that his story is going to be something that's going to be told and it's going to be very interesting to see how things happen, especially later on in his career, the way he started controlling teams and how he did so. I want to get the inside scoop on that. I want to see how he got the Miami three together and how, or actually that was more Dwayne Wade, but like how they came together. I, I want the full story on that and I want to know those things. So I think the LeBron James story, and I know it's, this is easy picking here, but I think that's going to be the next great book. I think that it's probably going to be Tom Brady and it'll be, it'll be a book about the struggle between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and who's greater and why it'll be something about that. Both, both good ones, both good ones. I'm going to go with, with one that's a, a great story and be a great book and turn into a great movie and a, a great mini series on HBO, but the Pat Riley story. I mean, oh. you got you got the Lakers, you got the Knicks of the '90s, you got the Miami Heat, and and he's, oh, he's yes. doing it again. He's he's rebuilt that team to a competitive team, and I think they're they're first in the East right now. So, you know, I'd love to hear the story of Pat Riley and get into detail of of all the moves, all the maneuvers, and and everything. And he actually, he had a not the the worst playing career. Uh, he was at a decent playing career. And I think he was part of one of the Olympic teams as well. So he he just has a good life altogether. Well, I'm I'm close to Chris here, and I do think the Brady book would probably be the best piece of literature that might come out in the next handful of years. But the book I want to read is told from Gronkowski's point of view. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be great. It's just sort of hear- this like. That Goofy. book is just going to, th- that book, every paragraph is going to be like, so there I was. That's going to be the entire book. Like, yeah, he's got such a, like, you know, cavalier attitude. He has fun. Like, he's, 
I just would love to get his perspective on like how serious the team was and his approach to it and just seeing all the things that were going on and then him being his goofy, goofy self. That'd be great. That's a great answer. You know, if, if Bill Belichick ever worried about that era, be like no longer than a pamphlet. The guy is just does not reveal any information whatsoever. <laughs> that is also true. So it'll need to be in, in Gronk's book. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Question number B. March Madness. Yeah, that's right. B. Number B. March Madness. Well, I think we touched on this briefly last week that none of us really follow college sports. But there is something undeniable about the excitement and the energy in the short time period and how much everything matters until from the start to the finish. That is Mm -hmm. true. Yes. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on taking that approach to other sports, like, say, the NBA or even baseball. Like, What do you think the playoffs would be like if they took on that approach? I mean, the NFL already has that, right? So it's just it's one and done. And it's not really. It's still no. spread out over weeks. It's not the same. Quite, I mean, I like that you only have one no, game to win I, or lose. but Right. I, I thought that's what you were focusing on because n- none of the leagues can ever do anything that March Madness does. I mean, that's 64 teams, and they can actually add more if they wanted to. You know, so, I, you know, the NBA can't do it. NFL, none of the major leagues can do it. So Why? I think th- what do you mean? Because they don't have 64 teams? Yeah, isn't that – I mean – the one and done, the NFL already does. So that's not that's not what you're focusing on. Are you focused on the, it's the amount the of time now? component? It's like it's the yes, NFL does have where you it's win once or lose, and you, it's more like you play all these games, and then like the next day, more games happen, and it's just so quick. Whereas I think in pro sports, they drag it out too long, and especially where there are series, you have it's like you know a week and a half for a few games. See now, for me, I I feel that. The great thing about the NCAA tournament is the crowd. I think the crowd adds so much energy to it. And that's what I want. I want that collegiate crowd in pro sports games. And like you're saying, with baseball, you have more chanting, um, you know, more unique chants, things like that. I think that would go a long way towards doing it. Um, yeah, I, I really feel like it's 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 really about the crowd and that the crowd brings that energy because like we like we discussed last week, that the, the product isn't great. But the energy behind the product, that that kind of that that fanatic fandom that you have with a with a collegiate basketball team, that's what the pro sports are missing. Yeah, I'm with Peter on this one. I it, and I get the the quick hit thing. I don't know if you can do the quick hit game after game after game after game if you've got it because you've got to do the series in pro sports to really make sure you get the right team that you get the best team out of that round um, to move on to the next round. And when you do a five, seven game series, you almost always get the better team moving on. So I don't know if you could abandon that, but if you could, if you could bring in some of the other atmosphere, like what you see from the crowd in college basketball, that'd be cool. What are you thinking then that the NFL should move to a series? Cause they're just one game. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, but, but that's, I guess what, what, makes the NFL so special and they say, you know, any given Sunday. Right. So, and that's like in the NFL, that's just not feasible because you cannot play back-to-back too violent NFL. It's just, it's not possible. You can have back-to-back games. It'll just have to be different teams each time. And in the NFL playoffs, it's yeah, that, that just doesn't work. So it's, it's really, it's more about the crowd in my opinion. That's, that's the way you can adjust it to be more like the uh, NCAA tournament. 
And I think you could achieve that by eliminating series. Like imagine the excitement from game two compared to a game seven of a series. Like it's not even comparable. Game seven is off the charts and that's pretty close to the college energy. Well, I was at a, I was at last year's White Sox game three and four and game three was one of the most exciting events I had ever seen in my life. Just the way that they were, the way that the White Sox came back. So I, I don't think it's about the amount of games that you play. I think it's about the passion within those games and the crowd that the crowd that was at um, guaranteed rate field the last, last year during those games was some of the most energetic, like you get lifted up by that kind of energy. Like it, it, it literally like gets in your body and there's no way to get it out. So having felt it personally, like, and, and Chris, I'm sure you felt it too. When the, when the bulls won their 70th game, there had to have been a ton of bulls fans out there and it had to be electric. Like, you know, and you know, we've been to Western games where they've mattered. They didn't matter at all, but there was still that energy, you know, in the playoffs, you know, I went to a game four uh, in the Cubs when they were in the playoffs and, you know, a lot of people there that, that's their only game that they're going to watch. You know, they got that one ticket and they're not going to be able to any other game. So they're excited. They're excited to be there. They're excited for that game. And, and, you know, the energy was there. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that specifically, Matt. I don't know how they could do it, but it's an excellent point, Matt, because that energy of those one and done games, it's equivalent to a game seven. I agree. I think we're all on the same page here that they should do it. Moving <laughs> on. I think you all are fans of a certain movie called Base Kit Ball. Oh, sure. Yes. Classic yes. idea. Fun all around. Yep. I love it. What two sports would you combine for a new sport? You may. I want to see foot hockey. <laughs> <laughs> or foot key, I guess you'd call it. Foot key. I want football on ice. Hockball? <laughs> I think football on ice would be amazing and with skates and everything. Oh, but with dead, an actual dead football, people with tackling. Death. Oh yeah. No, it's going to be awful. Slice throats. Murderous, but dead. it will be for, for that week that they play it. It would be one of the most exciting games you'll ever see. Footkey. I'm Foot so key. distracted by your answer that I can't, I'm finding it impossible to think of my own answer. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. I need a minute. Oh man, I don't I don't know either. Um that that's a that's a great question. I never really thought about it. Maybe it maybe it'd be kind of like a another basketball type thing too, but you know, a kind of different concept where you know, there's there's baskets in the outfield and you you have to like, you know, hit towards one of the baskets, you know, something like that. I don't I don't know. This is you know, spitballing here. <laughs> but I've never had this question before. <laughs> But that's my best answer right now. <laughs> I broke their minds. I did it. <laughs> so in soccer or football, the goal is huge, right? What if you replace that with a basketball hoop and you had to, every time you'd have to either kick it in there or get a header right in the little, little tiny hoop. So you're saying that soccer has too much scoring as it is. Is that what you're trying to tell us, Chris? <laughs> These games would Good never point. end. There'd be ties all the time. It'd be impossible to figure out. But imagine the precision and skill level when they got good at it. I'd watch that. It'd be next level. <laughs> at first, it'd be oh, stupid. Mercy. It'd be awful. See, now, Chris, I'm sorry. I've got too many ideas here. I also want to see lacrosse and baseball. 
Ooh. Instead of using a mitt, you use a lacrosse stick. Yeah. Imagine the type Less of home runs. with that. That'd be more exciting. Oh, you use the other runs. end for the, the bat? Is that what you said? too like you turn around oh, for the I, back. I mean hey i'm all for that too i didn't think about that part of it but like <laughs> so yeah the like the lacrosse ball. stick is your that's your tool for that's both offense and tool, defense. yeah <laughs> i love it yes but the ball it. has to change from an actual baseball consistency to a rubber ball a rubber baseball because if you're hitting it with a stick a current baseball would break that stick i mean you know you make that part out of like you know good good ash and then you just have the little the little basket thing on the other end of it you can make the stick out of some sort of metal. There's no reason we couldn't modify the stick. Sure. I'm sure the good people at Louisville Slugger could make it work. For me. Yes, Matt. I want to combine soccer and bowling. Ooh. Maybe even on a hard floor. <laughs> and you're bowling into a, a goal. And there are people who try to stop this. Ooh, Nice. <laughs> It's going to be a lot of pads required for this. It's going to be a lot of broken ankles ankles. is what I'm feeling. Busted faces as well, I have a feeling. Oh, yeah. So so how heavy is this ball? It's a bowling ball. How heavy is it? That's a good question. I I mean, it's got to be pretty heavy in the upper teens. Is it like the 12 pounder that Chris is that Chris uses or the six pounder that (laughs) Alex uses? I was going to say, yeah, like the six pounder. I don't use a six pounder. Just so I could curve it. You do now, Alex. <laughs> I use a 10-pounder to curve and I think a 12-pounder to bowl straight. <laughs> yeah. How I do it. <laughs> I use a 12-pounder to bowl straight. And that's the thing. You got to get a little bounce to it, you know? And if you did that and it was bowling soccer and you put a little bounce on it, they're going to be confused when it finally bounces. What direction is it going to go after that? Oh. I'm getting real intense here, Matt. Well... <laughs> I don't know if this next question is saving anybody here, but this is our question out of left field. That part of the show where the only part that has to do with sports is that fun little intro there. So science has worked some interesting miracles and they have attempted to do all sorts of transplants for organs with animal organs, kidneys and hearts and experimenting with other things from animals like cows and pigs into humans. My question to you is, if you needed an organ transplant from an animal, what animal would you choose? Good grief. (laughs) Wow. Tough spot here. Maybe you want to go back to Casey Case. (laughs) Whatever this answer is, I don't want anybody, if I get in a bad situation, like, hey, he said he wanted one from a... This is legally binding, Chris. I don't know that you know that now, but podcasts are officially legally binding now. Oof, man. Dang. All right, I'm just gonna say horse, and you guys know what I mean. <laughs> wow, really, man? Really, dude? I went there. You need to stop horsing around. Oh, Alex wants a horse larynx. You heard it here you first, everybody. Are horsing around too much? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with like a chimp or ape or you know something. Like that, if I like, if I needed like a liver, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, it's a not a, a bad answer. No one knows if it's a good. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a good answer here, Chris. No right or wrong answer. I just be confident. I don't know. See what do you got? All right, guys. It is a well-known fact that the Sudanese lemur has the strongest liver of any living creature. Okay. I'm not going to take that. 
Okay. What I want <laughs> is whatever it is that allows dolphins and whales to breathe underwater. So like the blowhole, oh. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's an organ or not, but I want whatever allows them to breathe underwater for extreme long periods of time. Give me that. Matt, but, I think you blinded me with science. Blinded me with science. <laughs> It'll definitely blind after this experiment. <laughs> no matter what I, you get replaced, you are going blind. <laughs> I, I already know the answer that uh, Matt's going to say, but Matt, what you got? Oh, I would love to hear this. What is it, Alex? I'm going to say jellyfish. And I'll let you explain why. <laughs> what? You may proceed, Matt. I'm shocked. I am not going to say jellyfish, but I do want to hear the answer to that later. I'm going to go with pronghorn. Any of you familiar with a pronghorn? No. It is much like a deer. Mm-hmm. It is the fastest animal on the planet for long distances like a cheetah can beat it in a sprint but a pronghorn can run close to top speeds of a cheetah for like hours dang i want their lungs so that's the transplant i will get matt's looking for stamina everybody (laughs) oh i get it i get it wink Mm -hmm. wink yeah i gotcha gotcha. no i think i think Jellyfish, don't they like choice, live man. for a long time or regenerate well? I forget. One of those two. That's why you thought I would choose jellyfish? Oh, yeah. Technically, live... jellyfish can live forever. That's what Alex is talking about. Is it? Yeah, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't know that. We all learned something new. Yeah. Wow. Cool. They also tried to murder Dory, you jerk. Hmm. I, I, I don't watch that show. Why Never saw you... it. Show? <laughs> watching Never saw Finding show. Dory. It's What's wrong with you? It's, it's the Finding sequel to Nemo. Finding Nemo. Oh, <laughs> Finding Nemo. They were going through the jellyfish. Sorry, and Dory got it. shocked. I don't think Ellen There's... is cool anymore. I think we've we've all moved past Ellen DeGeneres. But she dances. Yeah, come on. What's wrong with you? In her final season, her show, because she's mean to her management team or something. Yeah, it's not star matter. isn't. <laughs> it was a few years ago, anyway. That was a few years. I think that was just last year, wasn't it? I don't know. If that's true, that was a few years ago from now. From now. (laughs) Agreed. All right, guys. And that will do it for us this week on the Hard Cap Podcast. Solid ending. Be sure to uh, check us out on Instagram or Twitter at the Hard Cap Cast. Once again, Instagram or Twitter at the Hard Cap Cast. And of course, if you are following our TikToks, that is the Hard Cap Podcast on TikTok because we want to make it as confusing as possible for you guys. On behalf of Alex, Chris, and our special guest, Matt, my name's Peter, and you've been listening to The Hard Cap.